ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. I'm just a poor boy, nobody loves me. And Welcome to Uncategorized. Why, hello there everyone and welcome back to Uncategorized. We would like to extend our deepest apologies for being absent for so long. If you have been following us on Facebook and Twitter, we've tried to update you all as best as we could. For those of you who are out of the loop, the Uncategorized project has been on a three-month hiatus due to this summer being, well, just a really bad summer. As you all may know, I, Sam Ray Johnson, am the only person running Uncategorized at the moment. That's right, I do it all, so it's been hard for me to keep up with everything in the midst of some issues I've had, which I will detail in a blog post for you all to read later if you wish, and that will be available on our website. But for now, we're back, and we're super excited to release to you a look back into our very eventful summer 2016. Orlando. That fateful day is still ever-present in the minds of the LGBTQ community, and myself. I remember waking up to a parent's text message telling me that a horrible shooting had happened, but I had no clue just how large the magnitude of this event would be. It was the first blatant attack on the queer community that I had witnessed in my lifetime, but the sobering fact is that it wasn't the first of its kind. Stonewall, Harvey Milk, countless individuals and couples of varying ages. The list of hate crimes against the LGBTQ community is too long. But in the face of adversity, our hearts are joined as one. After attending a candlelight vigil at our center in Reno, it was clear that the queer community would not be silenced by the tragedy at Pulse. A month later, the Northern Nevada Pride Festival and Community Parade on July 23rd saw its greatest attendance. During the parade, we saw various organizations showing their support, including Wells Fargo, the Reno Police Department, PFLAG, Mayor Hillary Sheevy, and other support groups for the LGBTQ community. The parade started at California Avenue and ended at Wingfield Park, where there were booths of all kinds waiting for participants, ranging from educational to recreation. Amanda Holt, a volunteer and mentee of Northern Nevada Pride organizer Meredith Kanzer, told me just how much pride has grown over the years. Only exponentially. We've watched it double, triple, quadruple. We have nothing but respect and love for the entire Reno and Northern Nevada community that's come out here to support us. We have literally uh, quadrupled in the past three years. Her booth was under a little gazebo to shield us from the blazing summer heat, with a large rainbow heart-shaped cutout adorned with smaller hearts made by attendees. We're inviting the entire community out right to let us know what your pride resolution is and to add it to our heart so we can display it at our center all year. Resolutions on the cutout ranged from wanting to come out to family members to being more comfortable within a gender identity. Holt's enthusiasm for volunteering, interacting with participants, and general pride was almost as bright as the sun. My favorite part about Pride is always the entertainment, seeing people coming out and actually just giving us their pieces of their mind, pieces of their, their heart, pieces of their art. I absolutely love all the volunteers and the, the outlets that they give to artists like myself to come out to these events. The most surprising booths at Northern Nevada Pride were the churches. From Baptists to Presbyterians, the religious community was there to show their support for their queer members and citizens. Patricia Unruh had been a member of St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Sparks for three years and has nothing but praise for how much positivity religious groups have for the LGBTQ+. I think a lot of us are. I think more than, than um, is realized publicly because I think we hear all the negative stuff and we don't hear enough about, about the churches who really are supportive of the LGBTQ community and I think it's growing. 
Rue told me stories about what it was like for her coming out and how much times have changed. Oh my goodness, I mean, I came out in 1975 when I was 17 and there were just a, a handful of us and the majority of people were um, pillowcases over their heads and we marched and it was hard. People lost jobs, um, we were bullied, things were bombed, threat we were threatened, um, police constantly knocking on our doors and, and going into the bars, we were constantly being harassed. Um, and today, 2016, I mean, this is just, this is amazing. This is the largest one I've seen, you know, and it's, it's fantastic. I mean, it seems like there are more people here. Um, we marched in the parade, a large group of us, and it was very positive. People saying hi and waving, and it, it feels really good. It feels really good to be me as a 58-year-old who came out when I was 17, sitting here and being a part of this. I was blown away by Unruh's resiliency and strength. As we talked under the shade of her booth, other members of St. Paul's who were sitting beside her smiled and nodded as she spoke. My favorite part so far is being here with on this table because when we did this last year, I, being part of St. Paul's, I just felt so overwhelmed and so blessed and so grateful um, that my community, my church community, my parish was going to be supportive and want to be present here at this event. And this is our second and we had more people joining us for the march. I am, I am blind and considered deaf as well. I wear hearing aids and so for me, I just, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just overwhelmed, you know. Special guests who performed at Northern Nevada Pride were singer and songwriter Amber and famous drag queen Lady Bunny. People of all ethnicities, religions, sexual orientations, and gender identities got to show their pride in July, and it was certainly a memorable first pride for us at Uncategorized. We also got to speak with University of Nevada Reno student Jack Skye, a transmasculine member of the Queer Student Union. He has an easygoing personality and a laugh that was contagious. There were several times we had to refocus ourselves back to the topic after cracking jokes. Anyways, Anyways. back, 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 back to the gay things. <laughs> um, what the heck was I talking about? Sky grew up with a mix of attitudes from family members about the LGBTQ plus community. From one side, he had open-minded acceptance. Then from the other, he had condemnation. He lived in what most of us call stealth mode, hiding his sexuality and gender identity for a long time. His coming out story wasn't a very happy one, but after he attended UNR, he began to discover himself through education. So I just kind of went on, and then people started asking, like, what are your pronouns? And I'm like, what's a pronoun? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know that's something I learned in English class that I didn't pay attention to because I hate English. <laughs> She, he, they, and I'm like, I guess she, whatever. But like, I always had a disdain, like, checking female on things. I'm always like, I wish I could put male, because that's what I feel like, but that's my biggest secret, and nobody could ever know that. When I started going to QSU, I'm like, oh, there is a lot more gender identities than I thought there were. And I really started researching it, and I'm like, I kind of want to find who I am. During the summer between high school and college, I, for the first time, was dressing in only quote-unquote men's clothes. You know, would not shop in the women's section at all. And I'm six feet tall, it's really impossible to find women's pants to fit me anyways. So that was always the excuse I would make to my dad's side of the family when I was shopping with them. I'm like, I just, 
I can't find pants that fit, men's pants fit better. And they're like, oh, good idea. And then like, I went to buy shorts and they're like, well, now you're buying shorts, you can buy girl shorts. And I'm like, no, men's shorts fit better. And they're like, no. And I'm like, yes. And they're like, but no. And I'm like, but yes. <laughs> kind of from then on out, I started dressing kind of how I identified and identifying as transmasculine. I think definitely clothing was my first big step in really discovering my gender identity. Then I found the word transmasculine. I present more masculine. My girlfriend calls me her boyfriend because that's a lot easier than, oh yeah, this non-binary person that I'm dating or like date mate because then people are like, what dat? And then you have to give it a lecture on gender identity when you're at the bar. And that is the most annoying thing. Cause it's like, I don't want to be that, you know, that idea of in your face, sort of whatever. I really don't like constantly talking about it. Cause it's a part of me that I almost don't think about a lot of the time. As Skye told me his story, he was rarely without a smile. His positivity and insightfulness were beyond his years. And with every obstacle he overcame, he already had a joke ready to lighten the mood. So I think it's just kind of a journey of self-discovery. I think that's what's really cool about gender. It really helps you find yourself and express who you are better and feel more comfortable, you know, with the way you view yourself and how other people view you. And being in such a supportive environment at UNR is so nice. I'll ask professors, hey, can you call me by my preferred name because I'm in the process of getting it changed, which takes forever. You have to change literally everything. And then it's expensive and I'm like, I'm a broke college student. Like, why is this so expensive? But, and everyone's been super supportive. I've actually never, nobody's ever given me any negativity at UNR about my gender. People are like, oh cool, can you at least explain it to me? You know, whatever, and I'm like, oh, totally. And people are like, oh, never heard of that, but cool, good for you. And so that was always nice. That's been a really cool response that I've had from a lot of people. So I never really experienced what I read online or see on TV or whatever about female presenting people getting mistreated in public because I, being assigned female at birth, never experienced it. When I first started dating my current girlfriend, we were walking around downtown and like someone was catcalling her. I turn around and I'm like, excuse me, who are you talking to? Cause you shouldn't be talking like that. And the number of times I've been with her and people have been catcalling her when we're like holding hands or something. And I'm like, is this something you face daily? And she's like, yes, this is so common. And I'm like, I've never experienced this. Looking back, this is really ignorant of me to think. I'm like, maybe the media is just kind of blowing it out of proportion, you know, taking isolated cases and making them overly magnified like the media tends to do with everything. I guess I just was totally blind to the privilege of being masculine presenting that I don't get any of that. I don't get crap in public. I mean, it's more of along the lines of I'll fight you and to which I'm like, what, why, what? <laughs> what are you proving by fighting me? And it was just a real eye opener of how, how people perceive the quote unquote two genders. And you know, generally people just view me as male even though I don't identify as male. You know, that's just kind of like, that's the closest thing that fits. Okay, whatever. And, you know, are more respectful to me than they are to people that identify as female. Even if I don't know what I'm talking about, people think I'm competent, which is ridiculous because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> ever.
<laughs> I never know what I'm talking about. And people are like, yeah, but I'm still seen as more competent because I'm masculine presenting. I just think that's so strange that it has really nothing to do with what you actually know. And even if I'm like really awkward about something or like obviously don't know what I'm saying, like I'm still viewed as knowing what I'm doing with my life and having my shit together when I don't, as opposed to female presenting people that actually have their shit together that are just viewed as lesser. And I've really noticed that a lot more recently, how that's like a ridiculous privilege to have. And even you know being in the oppressed group of being transgender, I still have masculine privilege. You know, even within that, even if people don't necessarily understand my gender, I'm still more privileged than cis females, which is ridiculous. Since our interview, Sky had his name officially changed and is working towards his degree in neuroscience. If I had any advice for trans or non-binary people, I would say talk to people who are trans. Learn about it so you can learn about yourself. You know, the more you're exposed to, I feel like, the more you could really realize who you are. And just experiment with it. Gender is a fluid thing. Just because you identify as something one day and then realize there's something better the next day, like, oh, well, that's closer to what I feel like. Gender could be like an ever-evolving thing. So you could find who you are and present yourself how you feel comfortable and just do what's, do what's in your heart, even if that sounds really cheesy it's really the best thing to do because you know yourself best, not anyone else. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and would like to stay tuned for more, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to nominate anyone for a feature or contribute your own story, feel free to send us an email at uncategorizedapodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our YouTube series coming soon. This has been a Reynolds School of Journalism production. I'm Sam Ray Johnson, and I'll see you next time on Uncategorized.